At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Breaking down every game every day in Major League Baseball. This is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. I'm warmer for the low. Welcome to lovely Las Vegas for the baseball betting show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Beeson family of podcasts and got a great podcast today is in the second segment. We're going to be joined by Ryan Rossi. He does a great job over there in the great city of Philadelphia with sports radio WIP. And then he's over here at Beeson helping us out with the Philadelphia city cast that is presented by bet rivers. And we've got a lot of these city casts for a lot of different cities. You may recall Danny Burke. He was on the podcast a few days ago. He does one for Chicago. We've got you all locked down with regards to Los Angeles. We've got New York, Denver, list goes on and on of these cities. And he does a great job focusing on Philadelphia. So you know what that means. We're talking a lot of Phillies. We're talking a lot about the NL East. But we're also going to talk a little bit about the Pittsburgh Pirates. How he's been handling some of these totals this year as well. So going to have a great time chatting with him in the second segment. And then in the final segment, going to give you guys picks and analysis. On every game on the betting board for this MLB Thursday as we touch them all. First things first, always do love to be able to answer your Twitter questions on this podcast. And you've got one or two ways to be able to fire those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at GUnit underscore 81. Keep in mind, letters M. They mean does not matter, size per usual. Please just send these into the timeline. And the other way is find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. And then from there, you're able to fire whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five star review. Really didn't get in any Twitter questions today, so let's take a look back at everything that we wound up getting from a day that involves 17 games in Major League Baseball on Wednesday. Try to find some trends and try to get to know these teams a little bit better. A games from yesterday is Greg buzzing about. Here is the rowdy recap. Make it now a 1-18 and 
19 stretch for the Cincinnati Reds. And this was somehow their worst loss yet. They get completely smoked by the Milwaukee Brewers. 18 to 4 the final. And somehow, someway, they had a 2 to 0 lead at one point in this game. As you did wind up having this team be able to drive in a couple runs early on. They go 2 of 10 with Ben in scoring position. And then Vladimir Gutierrez wound up getting destroyed. Four and a third innings. He gives up seven runs, all of which were earned. Colton Wong gets his first home run season. Then Rowdy Telez would go deep off of him. His sixth home run season. Then Tony Moretta would give up another home run to Telez. His seventh as Rowdy Telez winds up being able to get in this game. Eight. Count of eight. RBI. The total was seven and a half. And he got more RBI all by himself. Moretta winds up giving up two runs and one in the third innings. Buck Farmer gives up four runs in an inning. Hunter Strickland comes in and he gives you an out of the bullpen. Lucas Sims gives up five runs in two-thirds of an inning. And the only player that pitched in this game that had an ERA that was below five when it was all said and done, that would be Matt Reynolds, the shortstop that wound up getting the final out of the eighth inning. As for the Milwaukee Brewers, you do wind up having Freddie Peralta give up three runs over the course of five innings on the world's greatest performance there is. He saw his right around 5 ERA, but Trevor God, John Del Duscave, along with Hobie Milner, they give you a scoreless setting. Brent Suter gives up a run in an inning, so the Brewers, they get it done very easily. We wound up seeing actually quite a few overs in Major League Baseball on Wednesday as one of those wound up taking place out there in Miami, Arizona, the Diamondbacks. They win by a count of 8-7, to seven, and they are now 7-2 and two in their last nine games, being a plus-145 underdog or greater in every one of them, and the Diamondbacks are starting to hit a little bit. Pavin Smith, his third home run of the season. That came off of Anthony Bender with the team down by a run in the ninth inning as Eliezer Hernandez did wind up getting crushed in this game, giving up five runs over the course of four innings, including home run to Dalton Varsho, his fourth home run season. From there, the bullpen was able to do their job. Tanner Scott gives up an unearned run in an inning. Richard Blyer, Lewis Head, Cole Solzer, I'll give you a scoreless inning, but Bender gives up the two runs in his inning of work. And for the Miami Marlins, they were able to get the long ball going as well. John Birdie was able to fly away for two home runs, giving one up to Madison Baumgartner, who he wound up having the good old hand check going on, wound up getting tossed after the hand check after he wound up arguing with the umpire giving up that home run to Birdie over the course of an inning. Birdie wound up hitting the other one off of Noe Ramirez, who gave up three runs in two-thirds of an inning. And for Ramirez, he also gave up a bomb to A.C. Saggy, our second home run season. But that said, you did wind up also having Corbin Martin come in. And very fortunately, Arizona uses some of these relievers as starters as well. So he was able to fill four innings, giving up two runs. Kyle Nelson, he and Joe Manette typically combined for two innings. Manette typically gives up a run in the process. Keenan Middleton able to give you an out of the bullpen and Ian Kennedy, a squirrel is saying to be able to get the save, but the Diamondbacks now 13 and 13. So, very fascinating out there. Wound up seeing a massive calamity in the Angels versus Red Sox game as it was 4 to 4 going into extras, and then the Angels just would not stop scoring from there. 10 to 5, they wind up taking down the Boston Red Sox as one Reed Detmers winds up giving up three runs of four and two thirds eggs, and then everyone else from there. They held down the fort. Oliver Ortega winds up giving you two and a third inning scoreless. Ryan Tapera scoreless saying Jimmy Ergett, he winds up giving up the unearned run that starts in the 10th inning on second base. In his inning, Aaron Loopy does wind up giving up a solo home run. Very rare for Aaron Loop, who's had a 1 ERA over the last two years. Andrew Bogart's second home run season, but for the Red Sox, they just couldn't follow up Garrett Woodlock. Woodlock 
Block gives up two runs over the course of five innings. Did wind up giving up a home run in this game, but also did wind up having nine strikeouts. That home run was to Max Stassi, third home run of the season. And then Anthony Rendon would go deep off of Austin Davis, third home run season for Davis. Gives up that home run over the course of two innings. Matt Stram, a scoreless inning, but Enzo Robles in the ninth inning gives up a run in two-thirds of an inning before Jake Diekman puts out the fire in that inning. But then you wind up having Matt Barnes and Ed Acasasada Mora combined to pitch at 10th inning. Barnes gives up four runs, three of which were Ernst out of Mota, gives up two runs as well as you wound up having a pair of home runs off of them. Taylor Ward gets his sixth home run season, and Jared Walsh gets his third. So, not necessarily too terrific out there for the Boston Red Sox, who are now 10-15 and 15 this season. Been a sad state of affairs for them. Been a little bit rough going for the Atlanta Braves this season, but they wind up playing another over with the New York Metropolitans, 9-2. They're able to get the job done out there, and for the Atlanta Braves, they have now played four out of their last five games to the over as Ian Anderson, very solid in this one. Gives up one run over the course of five and a third innings. Call Q, AJ Mitra, they combine for two and two-thirds innings. Scoreless, Sierra Day does wind up giving up a solo run in the ninth inning to Luis Guillorme, his first home run season, but really past that. Braves were able to do a solid job, and for the Braves, one home run in this game. Guillermo Radia in the back half of the game, eighth inning, goes deep off of Trevor Williams, his second home run season for Williams. He had to eat innings here, three and two-thirds innings giving up three runs, all of which weren't at, after Adam Adovino. Gives up three runs, and he got as many outs as myself. Zero, that's not great. And Tyler Miguel seems like regression is starting to come in from. Gives up three runs over the course of five and a third innings. So the Braves, they're able to get it done. They get a nice win. You wind up having a double dip between the Slam Diego Padres and the Cleveland Guardians. And going into what we wound up seeing on Wednesday, all five doubleheaders had seen the second game go under the total. That wound up reversing itself, as you're going to find out. Game one, though, that wound up going to the Padres. 5-4, to four, the final. Mike Clevenger's first start since 2020. Gives up three runs over the course for four and two-thirds innings. Certainly didn't look like vintage Mike Clevenger, but certainly encouraging sign just being able to get him out there. And then you did wind up having it out out of the bullpen from Steven Wilson. It combined two scoreless innings from Luis Garcia and Tyler Rogers and about Christmas. Gives you two innings, giving up just one run in the process. And it was Manny Machado. Wanted going deep in this game. Fifth home run season. That's off of Zach Plesak. And Plesak, he just got sacked. Giving up five runs, four of which were earned over the course of his five innings. Guardians bullpen has been solid. Brian Shaw and Yel De Los Santos. They both give you a scoreless inning. And Sam Etchidge is two scoreless innings. But Padres wind up getting it done in game one. But then in game two, Guardians in the 10th inning. They get the job done by a kind of six of five. As you wind up having Mackenzie Gore give another good start. He has now made, I believe, three, maybe four starts for the Padres. And he's given up two runs or fewer in every one of them. Giving up one run in this one. Craig Stammen does wind up giving up a run while getting four outside the bullpen. But Tim Hill really let the team down, giving up three runs in two-thirds of an inning. You did wind up having Robert Suarez give you four outside the bullpen, but Dallas and Lamette in the 10th inning winds up giving up the unearned run. That caused the team the game. As for the Cleveland Guardians, no home runs in this one, but they go 5 of 10 with Ben in scoring position. Cal Quantrill winds up giving up a three spot in the first inning, but was still able to go six innings, giving up three runs. And for Cal Quantrill, that is now 11 straight starts in which he has given up three runs or fear. Anthony Goose, he winds up giving a scoreless inning. Emmanuel Classe, Nick Sandlin, they both give you a scoreless inning. Trevor Steven does wind up giving up two runs in two-thirds of an inning, but Anthony Castro was able to put out the fire in that inning. So he did wind up seeing a a little bit of a splitter Rooney there, and both games wind up going over. 
for our Pirates versus Tigers. First game in this double dip went under, and the first game went to the Tigers by a count of 3-2, to two, as he did wind up having Dylan Peters and Bryce Wilson wind up piggybacking off of each other. They go a combined seven innings. Wilson and Peters combined to give up three hits, but Wilson gives up three runs. Problem is, they were all unearned. There were three errors out there in the field that just killed this team. So, that was not great. Will Crow gave you a scoreless setting as well. So, all three of the Tigers' runs come unearned as they want to gain three hits in this one, and they were the beneficiaries of three errors. Meanwhile, for the Detroit Tigers, Michael Pineda. Not Michael Pineda, but not great. Two runs given up in four and a third innings. Bullpen was great, though. Jacob Barnes, Andrew Chafin, Michael Former, Gregory Soto. I'll give you a scoreless setting in Alex Lang. He's able to give you a pair of strikeouts out of the bullpen, but then in game two, the Pirates would get revenge. 7-2 to the final. The reason why this game winds up going over a three-spot in the ninth inning for the Buccos as for the Pittsburgh Pirates, pair of home runs in this one. Roberto Perez, his second home run season, and Daniel Vogelback is fourth. The Vogelback home run comes in the ninth inning off of Joe Jimenez. Jimenez winds up giving up a three spot over the course of his inning, so that was not necessarily too terrific. You take a look at what you were able to get out of the first career start, and you typically don't see a first career start in a spot like this, but you saw that for Alex Fiedo. Hopefully I'm saying that one correctly. Winds up giving up two runs over the course of five innings. Eight hits in this one. Drew Hutchinson gives up two runs in an inning, and then Will Vest was able to give you two scoreless innings before he met us. Winds up giving up a whole bunch in that ninth inning, but you did wind up seeing the Tigers train 10 men on base and O.C. Kitana. Not a great start, not a terrible one. Gives up two runs over the course of five innings. From there, Zach Thompson, Chris Tran, they both give you a scoreless saying, and David Benar, two scoreless sayings, and that is another win for the Buccos bullpen. All 10 of their wins came from guys that did not wind up starting the game. That is an absolutely insane stat right there. What else is insane is the fact that the Blue Jays have been one of your better under teams at all baseball. They avoid the sweep at the hands of the Yankees as the Yankees' 11-game win streak. That is done. 2-1 to one the final as the Yankees just couldn't get a lot going. Nestor Cortez does wind up giving up two runs over the course of four innings, including home run to Matt Chapman, fifth home run season. Yankees bullpen has right around a 2 at GRA, and they did a good job once again. Clay Holmes a scoreless setting. Michael King, three scoreless settings, but the Blue Jays' bullpen was also good. Yusei Kikuchi gives up a solo home run over the course of six innings as Joey Gallo has not been great this season. He winds up getting his third of the season. From there, though, David Phelps, Tim Maza, they combine for a scoreless setting. E.B. Garcia, Jordan Romano. They both give be a scoreless setting apiece to be able to get it done. The Baltimore Orioles, speaking of teams out there in the AL East, they were able to get it done 9-4 to over the Minnesota Twins, so now we're seeing the Orioles start to play a few overs after they, in their first 11 games, did not wind up having a single over. Now, 7 out of their last 12 games have wound up going over, and I believe 8 out of their last 13 as well. Dylan, don't call me Al Bundy. Well, we're going to call you Al Bundy after this performance. Nine runs given up in three and two-thirds innings, including a pair of jacks. Cedric Mullins, third home run season, and Ramon Odias is able to get his first home run season. From there, the bullpen wasn't bad. Danny Columbi, two and a third inning scoreless, and Giovanni Morin was able to give you two scoreless as well. But for the Minnesota Twins, he did have Carlos Correa get his second home run season. That does wind up coming off of Kyle Bradish. But for Bradish, even though he gives up four runs over the course of four innings, that was more than good enough. CNL Perez, two scoreless settings out of the Baltimore Orioles bullpen, which has not been terrible this year. I'm expecting some regression because all three bullpen pieces, a 208 ERA or lower, that's not sustainable. Or a low as a scoreless saying and Dylan Tate, two scoreless sayings, but Orioles able to get it done out there. The Phillies, and we're going to be talking about this a little bit later on with our good friend Ryan Rossi. We wound up doing the interview before we wound up seeing this game go final. They wind up losing to the Texas Rangers by a count of 2-1. to one. As for the Phillies, well, the offense, 
they were more like the Sillies in this one as you wound up getting a great start out of Zach Wheeler as this is a game that was 0-0 going into the 10th inning. Wheeler, 7 and 2 thirds inning scoreless. Jose Alvarado gives you an out of the bullpen. Corey Knavel winds up giving up nothing in his inning of work, but then Brad Hand. It's been shaky in recent years. Two runs, one of which was earned, given up in that 10th inning. But with that said, Martin Perez, seven scoreless innings for the Texas Rangers. Matt, give me some more. He did. He and Matt Bush, scoreless eighth and ninth innings with Bush just having a tremendous catch to be able to send this game into extras. And then Joe Barlow gives up the unearned run in the 10th inning as the Phillies go 0 of 7 with men in scoring position. So, a little bit of a rough one there. Had a rough one for the DK Nation pick as I wound up taking the Chicago Cubs. They're up by kind of 3 to 1 early in this game. They wound up getting men on first and third with no outs in the eighth inning down by a run and couldn't contribute. 4 to 3. The White Sox be it, are able to get it done. Lucas Giolito winds up going 5 and 2 thirds innings. Had 10 strikeouts but also gave up two bombs. Patrick Wisdom, fifth home run season, and Nico Horner is second. From there, the White Sox bullpen did their part. Rinaldo Lopez and Aaron Bummer both give you an out of the bullpen. Matt Foster gives you a pair of outs and then. Kendall Graveman, Liam Hendricks, both give you a scoreless setting as for the White Sox. They go 3 of 7 with men in scoring position. Larry Garcia, second home run season, and Jose Abreu, he's able to get his third as those come off of the Professor Kyle Hendricks, who had a rough one in this one, giving up four runs over the course of five and two-thirds innings. Rowan Wick was able to give you one and a third inning scoreless. Michael Givens and David Robertson, they were able to give you scoreless settings as well, but not enough as... It was the White Sox who were able to get the job done. Now they've been able to win three straight games to be able to get online a little bit. And for the Oakland A's, things are starting to get a little bit rough for them. 3-0, to zero, the Tampa Bay Rays are able to get the job done. And for the Oakland A's, this is a bunch that now they have lost six straight games and just been an offense that hasn't been able to give you too much. Three runs or fewer in 10 out of their last 13 games as J.P. Fireisen got the W with his one of the third inning scoreless. But Corey Kluber, six scoreless settings for the Rays. He looks very resurgent this year and healthy. Colin Pooch was able to give you a pair of outs out of the bullpen and Andrew Kittredge was able to get a save with his scoreless inning for the race. They go to just one of nine with men in scoring position and this was a really good pitching performance from one Frankie Montas. Seven scoreless innings for him but then Zach Jackson winds up giving up three runs and two-thirds of an inning. Domingo Acevedo he winds up giving you one in the third inning scoreless but absolutely nothing doing for this Oakland A's lineup so that causes them to take an L there. The Seattle Mariners have just been owned in recent years by the Houston Astros. And, well, the Astros, they still own the Seattle Mariners. 7-2, the finalist, Matt Brash, after a good first start. I guess you call it two starts of the year. He has been getting lit up. And Brash, by the way, right now, I believe that he's got one more inning than Walk surrendered right now as he gives up. Four walks, four runs in total over the course of three innings. Wyatt Mills gives up a run in two innings of work. Drew Seconrider gives up two runs in an inning as he did wind up having to have Penn Murphy get the final two innings of this one for the Seattle Mariners. A bunch out four in the process with no runs surrendered. The lone bright spot for the Seattle Mariners was a home run by Eugenio Suarez off of Justin Verlander's second home run season as Verlander gives up that home run. Two runs in total over the course of six and two-thirds innings. You did wind up having Parker Mushinsky give you two scoreless innings. Ryan Stanek in out of the bullpen and for the Astros. No home runs, but they go 5 of 11 with men in scoring position to be able to get it done out there. For the St. Louis Cardinals, they completely clock the Kansas City Royals. 10 to 0, they wind up taking them down as Chris with a K. Bubich now in five starts in the first inning. He has not gotten out of the first in two of them and has a 31 50. ERA in the first inning of his starts thus far this season as he does not want to make it get out of the first in this one. He got one out and he gave up four runs, all of which were earned, including home run. Going deep, 
was Nolan Arenado, his seventh home run of the season. That was a three-run shot, and then Tether O'Neill. Later on in the game, he would go deep off of Ronald Bellanos for his second home run of the season. Mr. Bellanos, two and two-thirds innings, giving up three runs in the process. Amir Garrett gives up two runs while getting just one out of the bullpen. Joel Payampas, he actually fills two and two-thirds innings, giving up just one run. Dylan Coleman, two scoreless innings. Gabe Spear, he winds up giving a scoreless inning, but... Absolutely nothing doing for the Kansas City Royals in this one. They get for it. Adam Wainwright has been a little bit up and down this year, but won it and one walk surrendered in seven innings. That's it. TJ McFarlane and Peggy Naughton. Great name. They both give you a score of the setting as well. And I'm doing this just as this game is going final as the LA Dodgers take down the San Francisco Giants as I'm doing this 9-1 to in the top of the ninth inning as it was just all Giants in this one. And Alex Wood, not a bad start, not a terrific one. Gives up three runs over the course of five and a third innings. He was taken deep in this one by Mookie Betts, fourth home run season. Then Max Muncy would wind up taking Tyler Beatty deep for his third home run season. For Mr. Beatty, he winds up giving up Two runs and one in a third innings. Sam Long, who has been reliable as an opener, gives up three runs in a third of an inning. And Mauricio Lovera, he gives up a run in an inning as Tony Gonsolin got the start for the Dodgers. And he's been rock solid this year. Does wind up giving up a solo home run in his five innings of work going deep was Brandon Crawford, second home run season. But then from there, you were able to get scoreless innings out of Evan Phillips, Tommy Camley, Phil Bickford, and Reyes Maranta was able to clean things up in the ninth inning. As you take a look around the league in Major League Baseball, you notice it once again. We did wind up getting quite a few overs now. We did wind up seeing a couple unders later on in the day, but through the first 12 games, you wound up having eight overs in those, so we are starting to see this tick up a little bit more. I believe that we wound up having 10 in total, depending upon your closing numbers with regards to that, but you take a look at the MLB season in general, and it certainly has been one for the unders, but you take a look at the last seven days. 49 overs and 39 unders. So in the last seven days, right around 55.7% of games have wound up going over the total. In this time span, underdogs have been hitting right around a 39%. And that's for the most part what we've been seeing this season. Underdogs overall, 142 and 220. So hitting at right around a 39.2% clip. But you'll notice that underdogs of like, I'm going to call north of plus 140, have been hitting at a good clip. These lower underdogs, like plus 110, plus 120, they just have not gotten there. It's been very strange to take a look at it. If you're taking a look at the way the favorites are playing 220 and 142, be cautious of them on the run line because 51 of them have not covered the run line. So we've seen 51 one-run wins by just favorites alone, and this really manifests itself when it comes to home favorites because road favorites, they overall are 80 and 48, and road favorites have covered the run line in all but 12 of them. So that is something that you do want to be taking a look at in overall for the year. 182 unders, 153 overs. That's 55.7% to the under. So that's what we're all seeing in Major League Baseball right now, and that's what we wound up seeing in Major League Baseball on Wednesday. But let's turn the page forward now to Thursday. Well, let's take a look at the National League East as we wind up going out to the great city of Pennsylvania with Ryan Rothstein of the Philadelphia CityCast along with Sports Radio WIP in that fine city. And we're going to do that next right here on the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. At Bed 365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic, every home run, every hit, every Every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. We're back here in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast, and it is great to be joined by our guests as one of the great things that we do over here at VEASAN is the CityCast. And we've got them for a wide variety of cities, Los Angeles, Denver. You want to hearing Danny Burke from the Chicago CityCast a few days ago. And now we've got on another one of those gentlemen that does a great job with one of our CityCasts. He does the one for Philadelphia, and that would be Ryan Rossi. Along with that, he also does terrific work over there at Sports Radio WIP and the CityCast. They're just sort of podcasts that are centered around your favorite city, like for Philadelphia, obviously. When it comes to college basketball season, they talk about Villanova. The Philadelphia 76ers are very topical. I'm sure that Ryan would have a lot to say about that if this was a NBA podcast. We would have like a five-hour conversation about that, but he also does a great job holding it down with regards to Philadelphia Phillies chatter. And to be able to follow Ryan on Twitter, great Twitter handle here. At Wise Rye, Rye spelled R-Y-E, sort of like the bread. And Ryan, great to have you aboard. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Greg. I appreciate it. It's a very nice intro. I appreciate the kind words. We have a lot to get to. And you know what? It's a much needed break away from 76ers talks. Let's talk some baseball. Yeah, absolutely. Because fortunately for the Philadelphia 76ers, there's star players right now not dealing with an eye injury and or a concussion. So that's a positive note right there. And for the Philadelphia Phillies, it has been a little bit of an up and down year going into 
what we're going to be getting on Thursday, about an 11-13 and 13 record for this team. They've had a little bit of a rough go of it against the Texas Rangers, but that said, they have been a team that has been a little bit more resurgent at home. Last home series, they were able to take four from the Colorado Rockies before this one against the Texas Rangers, and I think that it's an intriguing team with the Phillies because the record isn't necessarily terrific, but I see the pieces there. I sort of see things coming together. It's just been a little bit of a case of bad circumstance for the Philadelphia Phillies. How do you feel about this team 24, 25 games into the season? Listen, it's a good question, to be honest with you, Greg. I talked about this on my last Philly uh, Philadelphia CityCast episode here. 500, that's frustrating here in this city, and there's so much more baseball still left to be played. But you look at the past decade, essentially, of Philadelphia Phillies baseball since their last playoff appearance in 2011. That's when the great you know, Doc Holliday was still towing the mound there. It's just been 500. I mean, the best that they've been able to do for a decade in any given year is the 500 mark, and they're floating around it right now. I mean, listen, the month of April, their schedule was not easy. One of the most difficult schedules in all of Major League Baseball. And now you look at what the month of May has in store for this Philadelphia Phillies team. And this is, I think, an important note for someone that is maybe outside of the city that doesn't realize 24 of their 29 games in May is coming up against the likes of the Dodgers, the Braves, the Mets, the Padres, and the Giants. So May is not going to give them any type of break either. So they're starting this season off here, Greg, in two months of tough competition. Their starting pitching has been, we can call it shaky. If I feel like being a nice guy here tonight with you, shaky at best, the offense has been inconsistent. And Joe Girardi, especially as of late the past week or so, has been changing the lineups dramatically. I mean, Alec Baum was leadoff game prior. He was batting seventh. Schwarber's leadoff. The next game, he's batting fifth. I'm not sure what Joey G is doing. <laughs> I don't I don't think that's helping things. So that's just another little nugget there for what's going on here in the city of Philly. And Ryan, what I think is really big for Philadelphia as well, you mentioned the pitching being a little bit shaky. The two aces of this team have not really been aces as far as you wound up having Zach Wheeler prior to his start against the Colorado Rockies. Really looked shaky. I think part of that was just due to the truncated spring training, was dealing with a couple of ailments. So that wasn't so great. Looked a little bit better yesterday as well. And then you take a look at what we've got out of the starter that's going to be going on Thursday, Aaron Nola. Right around a 390-ish ERA, was able to put it together a little bit more in that game against the Milwaukee Brewers, but still, you take a look at Aaron Nola, and he's been a little bit of a liability, and we've always known Aaron Nola to be a guy that has some pretty demonstrative home and road splits, so this game being at home certainly does help him out, but it feels like he's just been off this year. Not just this year, Greg. He's been off for a few years now. He gave us some hope three seasons ago, I believe, at this point, just an elite season from top to bottom, had a strong chance to win NL Cy Young, and you know, we're sitting here as Phillies fans saying, okay, well, this is great. This is what we're going to expect now. We have this guy in our organization here, hopefully for a long time, that can give us some consistency and not just consistency, but at an elite level, hasn't been the case. You know, one start, he can give you six, seven innings, one earned, seven strikeouts, no walks, you know, just a really strong performance. And then the next start he can come out and go three and a third and you know give up six earned runs and then the Phils have to go to their bullpen early that's been the Aaron Nola story for quite some time now what he is stop asking the question of what Aaron Nola really is he's 
a good third or fourth option in a really deep starting rotation on a legitimate team. That's what he is. The Phillies need him to be a 1B, and he's been nowhere close to that. No, he's not, and it's been a little bit rough for Aaron Nola here moving forward. And like I said, always has been a guy that has struggled very much on the road. So this game being at home is going to be very big, as we do have Ryan Rossi joining me right here on the podcast. Does a great job with Philadelphia Philly Cast, and also does a terrific job over there with Sports Radio WIP. And I just take a look at the landscape of the National League East, and this is going to be a really good division that I think is going to come down to the final few weeks of the season. Now, the Mets, they have currently just stampeded out to an 18-9 and start, but you've seen the Mets for a very long time. I've seen the Mets for a very long time. Until they wind up doing anything after the All-Star break, you probably want to have a little bit of a jury's out situation with them. Now, they do look different this year. I don't think that they're going to have quite the fall-off that we wound up having last year. I still want to see them doing this a little bit deeper in the season, but you can take a look at the Miami Marlins who sit there at 500. They want to take some losses the years on a Diamondbacks, but pitching is there with the team. The Atlanta Braves are below 500, but you know what? They were there last year as well, and they wound up winning the whole thing. And I take a look at this NL East, and obviously the Mets are the real story right now, but I really take a look at every team not named the Washington Nationals, and I think that all four of these teams are very dangerous, and when it's all said and done, I do think that they're going to make things very interesting. I completely agree. I I will say this, and I don't enjoy saying this, the Mets appear very early in this season. They appear to be different for the first time in maybe 20 years since the Subway Series. I say that a little bit kiddingly, but and like you said, Greg, I'm going to hold my breath because we've seen this from the Mets before in, in different fashions, if you will. And they always figure out a way come July, August, even September, when baseball really starts to matter, they seem to fall apart or continue to fall apart, just completely unravel. And this is a tough division, as you've already detailed. I think the Marlins, the Phillies have, over the past five years, mightily struggled against the Marlins, particularly in Miami. No clue why. They give the Phillies a run for their money every single time they meet. There'll be plenty more matchups between them. Uh, And the Phils and Mets will have plenty of interesting series throughout the the rest of the way. I'm not going to crown the Mets right now. I'm not going to crown, obviously, anyone on May 4th, but you can't count the Phillies out. I think this is a division that you can easily see three teams at, at the very least conservatively winning this thing. And the Phillies, you feel relatively good about them right now. May is a really important month. You know, they can't unravel, but if they can keep it together this month, they have a chance. This lineup right now is as deadly as pretty much anyone's maybe outside of the Dodgers, but the Phils can swing their way relatively deep into the fall. So don't count them out. They're going to need some consistent pitching, as I've already discussed. Yep, they certainly are going to need to. And hey, the good news for the Phillies is the bullpen towards the back half of the season with picking up Jurisic Familia, picking up Brad and Corey Knable. Should be better than it's been in past years. It's been a little bit shaky, but I do think that they're going to come along for the ride a little bit as well. And just taking a look at Major League Baseball in general, the pitching has been so important because you've been noticing, much like I have, it has been under Palooza in baseball, balls that typically you'd expect to be out. They are dying at the warning track this season. And when you just take a look at the game of baseball in general and how you've been playing it sort of on a night-in and night-out basis, what are some things that you've been looking at? Because I feel like for me, it was very successful at the beginning of the year looking at a bunch of unders. The last few days, we've seen a little bit more of an uptick in overs. And I think that it's just going to be so important if you want to make money this baseball season to just continuing to take a look at these totals and being able to zig while everyone else is zagging. 
while so many other people, they're maybe over-adjusting, maybe keeping a little bit more of a level head and not falling into the trap of wind up going a little bit too far down slash up with regards to your totals. Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, you know, Charlie Manuel, former Phillies manager who led them to their World Series title in 2008, he always deemed the summer months hitting season. And right now, he always used to say April and May is not hitting season. This is just what you're going to get in baseball, especially in April. Now you're getting a lot of 6.45 p.m. Eastern time starts a little bit earlier for a variety of reasons. It's cold at night. And, you know, Temperatures are you know, getting down into the 40s, sometimes even 30s. And as we get deeper into the month of May, that, of course, will start to change a little bit here on the East Coast. That's been a factor. You know, That's certainly been a factor. And then just as it relates to the Phillies, they just haven't been able to piece it together. There's been a lot of lineup adjustments. Schwarber was brought in to sort of be the leadoff guy, but he is not your traditional leadoff guy. He's on pace right now to finish the season with like a 149 batting average and 50 home runs. So pretty insane for today's game how the leadoff has sort of evolved, but you still need a guy that can hit his way to, you know, on base. His on base percentage obviously has to be where it needs to be. So, yeah, right now I think the unders are the move. Uh, and if you don't feel really comfortable about playing an under, I know the betting public doesn't like to do that per se, then you just need to stay away from it. And like you said, Greg, pick your spots until proven otherwise. I'm right there with you. And hey, I mean, out there in your very same state, Daniel Vogelback has been hitting leadoff, which <laughs> I never thought we would see a chunky 250-pound man like Daniel Vogelback ever be a leadoff hitter, but here we are in 2022 as we do have Ryan Rossi joining me on the podcast, and I know that you mainly do stuff in Philadelphia, but out there in the same state, the Pirates, it hasn't been terrible for them this year. They wind up splitting their doubleheader. I don't think that you've got a ton on the Pittsburgh Pirates, but with that said, it seems like a team that they're not going to be towards the bottom of baseball this year because fortunately the Cincinnati Reds are in existence and boy, they are absolutely (laughs) terrible. But I look at the Pirates and for the first time in many, many years, it feels like the arrow is trending upwards just a little bit on them. Yeah, listen, it's good to see. Uh, I have nothing against the Pirates and they've been sort of irrelevant. It feels like forever. I know they've had a couple good seasons, maybe in the past 15 years or so, but I want them to get back to playing competitive baseball again. They obviously have a lot of history, and that's a great fan base up in Pittsburgh in the same state of, obviously, the Philadelphia Phillies. So not saying I'm rooting for them, but I would like to see them keep this up and have a at least a respectable season here as we start to turn the calendar for the summer months. And I will say this. I want to ask you a question, actually, Greg. You brought up Absolutely. the Reds, and I was asked this the other day on a show I was a guest on. How do you bet teams that are piecing together winning streaks? And then on the flip side, how should we be betting teams that are piecing together losses that are losing six, seven, eight, nine in a row? Is that an area that we need to pinpoint, if you will, or pick out? Let's fade the teams that have been piecing together losses. And then should we jump on the train for teams that are stringing together wins? Obviously, it always depends on the number that you're getting them at on any given day. But curious to your approach on that. I think a big thing when it comes to some of these really bad teams is trying to find the one, maybe two trustworthy starters that you can actually bet on at plus prices. Like last year, the Arizona Diamondbacks were hellaciously bad, but you could always bet on Merrill Kelly because he was actually able to give you a solid effort. Everyone else that wound up going out there, they were complete garbage. And hey, I mean, the Arizona Diamondbacks, they've won seven out of their last nine games being a plus 145 or greater underdog in every one of those games. So they've actually been a profitable bad team. There are some teams that 
typically bullpen pitching has a lot to do with it when it comes to lesser teams. That can give you some wins. Like the Tigers last year, after the All-Star break, they wound up having a winning record because of that bullpen. And when it comes to the Reds, the reason why they're a fade is because their ERA entering into Wednesday was north of a six, a full .75 points higher than any other team in baseball. So you just want to take a look at the pitching, in my opinion. Try to identify maybe one or two guys that you're able to bet on. And right now for the Reds, They've got a big fat zero, so right now it is a big giant fade on them. And then with more winning teams like the LA Dodgers, I do think that you sort of have to have in mind numbers themselves. Like I wound up betting against them on Saturday when they wound up being north of a $3 favorite, was able to get there with the Tigers who wound up closing at like a $3 underdog. And I think that that's a key with them. Look for your smaller numbers with the LA Dodgers and look on some bet on spots with them. And then when they just wind up getting up a little bit too lofty where one loss would pretty much be counting like three losses after the juice like we wound up seeing on Saturday. Those are the spots where you want no part of them whatsoever. Listen, I completely agree. I mean, it's interesting. You look at 16 teams have gone between five to seven games out of their, you know, 13 to 14 played where the under has hit. So essentially half of baseball is at the 500 mark where half of their games are are hitting the under. So there you go. It's been an under season early on. Yeah, it certainly has been a case in which we just haven't seen a lot of scoring. And for the Cincinnati Reds, a commonality there. They were the only team in baseball going into Wednesday with more than a 55% clip to the over this season because, Mm -hmm. well, their pitching has been so bad that bad team, they give up a lot of runs. That causes for a lot of overs. And a man that will always give you the over on the amount of great content that he's giving you, that'd be Ryan. And Ryan, that is a good over to have, not a bad over, unlike the <laughs> Cincinnati Reds. But you do an amazing job over there with the Philadelphia City Cast. You do great work over there at Sports Radio WIP. You're out there in the great state of Pennsylvania being able to hold it down. And obviously, you're talking some Phillies right now, but I know you've got your hands full with the Philadelphia 76ers. Probably a little bit of Eagles talk with the NFL draft. Wasn't a rambunctious weekend for them, but football always topical. So love the good people at home. Know how they're able to follow you on social media and everything that's on tap for you. Greg, thank you so much. I always uh, love our conversations, whether it's on the air on VEASAN or right here, chopping it up on your podcast. But you already said it. You can just give me a follow at WiseRye, W-I-S-E-R-Y-E, like the bread. And that's where you can find everything I have going on, links to each and every episode we put out for the Philadelphia City cast. I also update everyone on my WIP on-air shifts. So uh, you can find everything I have going on right there on my Twitter page. And Ryan doing an absolutely terrific job holding it down in a wide variety of ways. Sports Radio WIP, the Philadelphia City cast, taking a look at all things Philadelphia sports and did a great job joining me today on the podcast. So big thanks to Ryan Rossi for joining me right here on the Baseball Betting Show, now a part of the Beeson Family Podcast. And coming up next, it is that time of the podcast to give you picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Thursday as we touch them all. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. 
I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeartRadio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeartRadio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeartRadio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Breaking down every game every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. And we're back here in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Oops, and now part of the Eastern Family Podcast. It is always a pleasure to go out to the great state of Pennsylvania to be joined by Ryan Rossi, and he does a great job with our CityCast over here at VEASAN. You're able to catch that podcast wherever you find your podcast. Does a great job taking a look at the Philadelphia landscape, obviously. Lots going on with the 76ers, and also does a great job also with Sports Radio WIP as well. So, big thanks to him for joining me in the last segment. Now it is that time of the podcast. I give you picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Thursday as we touch them all. If a game is listed on the betting board, Greg has a side and a total on it, so it is time to touch them all. Do note that as per usual, any changes that are made to these plays will be listed up on my Twitter feed at GUNIT underscore 81. As per usual, going to be going in Las Vegas rotation order. This is where we go with the National League games first, then the American League games, and any interleague games would be at the bottom. We do not have any interleague games, so that makes things all nice, neat, clean, and easy there. And we're going to be starting off in rotation order with 951-952 on the betting board. The Cincinnati Reds, yes, we are on to Cincinnati. They're on to the road to face off against the Milwaukee Brewers. Adrian, don't call me Dookie Houser, is going to be going for the crew. And Hunter Green is going to be going for the Red Legs. Total on this game is 7. Overs anywhere between minus 115 and minus 120. The unders anywhere between even and minus 105. Seeing straight 8 out there as well. The 8 under has juice of minus 115. The overs minus 105. And the Brewers, they open up at minus 160 and shock. They've been bet up anywhere between minus 194 and minus 210. Meanwhile, with the Reds, find them anywhere between plus 175 and plus 180. And 
Well, we are not on board with taking the Reds in this one. I wound up setting this line at 228. And if you're looking at the run line, I'm willing to lay up to about a minus 125 on it. I'm right now seeing a minus 105. So I'm going to reduce the juice because for the Cincinnati Reds entering into their game on Wednesday in their 18 losses and 19 games of those 18 losses, they have lost by multiple runs in all but one of them. This is just a truly awful organization right now. And the fans of Cincinnati deserve better. Joey Votto's out of the full time. Honestly, that's not much of a downgrade for this team, but you take a look at it. And among guys that had gotten at least 10 at-bats going into the game on Wednesday, nobody was hitting above a 250. You do have a pair of guys in Brandon Drury and Tommy Pham. They've got four home runs, but in that starting lineup, it combined 10 home runs, which means that you've got two home runs from everyone else that wound up getting a starting at-bat on a Wednesday. Meanwhile, you look at the Brewers and their batting has honestly been great as well. Now, the good news is they wind up getting back Luis Urias, and that should be able to help them out. But aside from Urias, who wound up having two at-bats going into the game on Wednesday, nobody for them was hitting above a 238. So that is a bit of an issue for this team as well. Now, you do take a look at Adrian Hauser, and he's been someone that has been relatively solid this year. Been able to put up some nice numbers, being able to deliver a 253 ERA. No one runs allowed. Now, the 10 walks, that is a little bit of an issue for him, but that said, you take a look at what he was able to do during the 2020 season, and after the All-Star break, he wound up hovering right around a 3-ish with regards to his ERA, and even just take a look at him throughout the entirety of the 2021 season, even though the record was only a 10-6, and six, wound up posting up a 322 ERA overall, strikeout to walk rate was right around at 6 half. This guy has been nails for the Brewers, and gives up less than home run per 9 innings. Meanwhile, for Hunter Green, been a little bit rough for him. He has given up at least three runs at every one of his starts so far this year. Ten walks in 18 innings and has also given up five bombs as well. So things are not necessarily going great for the Cincinnati Reds. And then you got a bullpen with guys like Tony Santian that you are unable to trust him whatsoever. Luis Sessa is okay, but I mean, Hunter Strickland is someone that you're relying upon. And then for the Brewers, if you need him, Devin Williams, Josh Hader, you've got them available. Brad Boxberger has been solved for the team. You are without Jake Cousins, but still should be some domination here by the Milwaukee Brewers. I'm willing to lay the run line in the spot. There's just no taking the Cincinnati Reds. Real intrigue is on the total. Reds have been the best over team in all baseball because their team ERA is hovering right around a six. Semi-total at an 8.2 because even though the Brewers have not been great with regards to their offense, I do think that they're going to be able to get it done here. So looking at the Brewers on the run line and looking at the over 953-954 is the DK Nation pick as we've got the Washington Nationals sitting the road to face off against the Colorado Rockies. Juan Antonio Sanzatella is going to be going for the Rockies and Aron Sanchez is going to be on the bump for the Nationals. Nationals are finding themselves anywhere between a plus 110 to a plus 120 underdog. Meanwhile, if you're taking a look at the Rockies, going to be getting them anywhere between minus 127 and minus 130 with 10.5 to 11 being your total on the 10.5. Over is anywhere between minus 110 and minus 115. The under is anywhere between minus 105 and minus 110 and on the 11. The under is minus 120 and the over is even. DK Nation pick going to be on the Colorado Rockies. I do think that there is quite a bit to the home field advantage that you wind up getting at Coors Field. You take a look at the team going into Wednesday and they've been pretty rock solid. And to the Nationals credit, I will say this. 6-5 on the road going into Wednesday. So they have been able to do a relatively solid job there, but when it comes to the Colorado Rockies team, even with Chris Bryant on the 10-day injured list, going into what you were seeing on Wednesday, this was a team that as a collective was sitting right around at 285 at home with C.J. Crone hitting six home runs just at home alone. This guy has been absolutely tremendous for this team. And then you do take a look at Antonio Sensatella, very much a pitch-to-contact guy, not a guy that's going to go out there 
give you a whole bunch of punch outs, but has been able to do a solid job of just being able to hold down the fort with regards to not giving up the deep ball, giving up just one home run this year. And you take a look at it at home last season. He gave up fewer than two walks per nine innings. His ERA was a full point lower at home than it was on the road. And for Aaron Sanchez, wound up getting a couple starts last season with the Giants. It didn't necessarily look too bad, but wound up having a season-ending injury. And now he's come back with the Washington Nationals and hasn't necessarily been himself. 675 ERA thus far this season. So that's a little bit of an issue. But you do take a look at this Washington Nationals team. You do have Juan Soto slug out five home runs, north of a 400 on base, going into what we wound up getting on Wednesday. Cesar Hernandez, Mikel Franco, Kiba Ruiz, all these guys in between a 265 and a 275. That's been not too bad, but Nelson Cruz, he's hitting right around a buck 43. You've got a guy like Elaine Thomas who's not been able to pick up where he wound up leaving off last season. And what I always notice about this team is that whenever they get men in scoring position, it's just one of those cases in which they just wind up being able to crater. I mean, it's been just year in and year out with the Washington Nationals, a case in which they don't necessarily hit well. They're, they actually are hitting about a 293 thus far this season with runners in scoring position, but it feels like they squander a lot of opportunities. I have no idea how, and I have no idea why, but it's just something I've picked up on over the years, and for the Washington Nationals, this is not a bullpen that you want to be having any faith in whatsoever. You have been able to get some solid innings out of someone like a Victor Arano to this point, but I don't think that that's going to be continuing. Arasimo Ramirez is someone that is not necessarily trustworthy. Tanner Rainey last season wound up having an ERA north of 7, and for the Colorado Rockies, it's not like Alex Calme is anything too terrific, but he's an upgrade to what they wound up having last season. Carlos Aceves has been pretty solid out there in the bullpen, and You've been even able to get some solid innings out of some of your ancillary guys that you don't think a lot of. Justin Lawrence entering into Wednesday. Wound up having a 231 ERA. You've really been able to have Tyler Kinley come on for the team as well. So I do take a look at this spot, and I do think that the Rockies should be closer to a minus 160-ish favorite out on Sanchez. Just hasn't seemed to have recovered from the injury from last season since it's pretty dominant at home. So the DK Nation pick could be on the Colorado Rockies on the money line. Did wind up saying my total at a 10.7. You do have a Rockies team that they just hit significant better at home. I mean, you take a look at Connor Joe. He's hitting above a 300 at home. He's been able to supply the boom. And Randall Gritchick, along with Jose Iglesias, both of these guys, hitting above a 300 as well. So, do mind saying my total at a 10.7? I'm looking over, and the DK Nation pick is on the Rockies' money line. 9.55, 9.56 on the betting board. The Philadelphia Phillies are going to be playing us to the New York Metropolitans. Taiwan Walker is going to be going for the Mets, and Aaron Supernola hopes to be super for the Philadelphia Phillies. Phillies find themselves anywhere between minus 133 and minus 140 favorites. Meanwhile, if you're taking a look at the Metropolitans, you're going to be finding them in between a plus 120 to a plus 125 with 8 being your total. Over and under anywhere between minus 105 and minus 115. I did wind up saying my total at an 8.2. I'm going to be taking a look at the over. Got a Mets team that they've really been one of the best offenses out there in all of baseball. You've been able to get a lot of power out of so many of these guys like a Pete Alonso who actually led all baseball in terms of home runs on the road last season. Francisco Lindor starting to look a little bit more like the Francisco Lindor of old. Someone who has been able to hit right around at 250. He's been able to give you north of a double-digit amount of RBI. Five home runs for him. And then you do take a look at the flip side for the Philadelphia Phillies. Nick Cassianos has been dealing with a little bit of an injury, but that said, you still have quite a bit of power out there. Kyle Schwarber has not been able to for average, but has been able to give the team seven home runs. You take a look at Bryce Harper, and he had a little bit of a rough start to the season, but he seems to be picking it up as well, and this is a bunch that has really gotten production out of the bottom of the line. Alec Bohm has been creating a lot of errors, but sitting above a 300, D.D. Gregorius, he's been able to do a solid job with a 345 on base. 
for this team as well. Even Johan Camargo, when he's been out there, has been rock solid for this team. You've got JT Rimito going as well. And for the Philadelphia Phillies, it's been a little bit of a rough state of affairs for the bullpen to begin the season, but Corey Knable is someone that's rock solid. I like what Jersey Familia is able to give you. Even Andrew Bellotti has been able to give you some good innings. So for the Mets, they did wind up losing quite a few bullpen pieces from last year. Miguel Castro is out of the fold. You no longer have Aaron Loop. Jersey Familia is on the other side, so you have to rely a little bit more on a Julie Rodriguez. I've always liked Adam Adovino, but Due to injuries, now you have Odinas Medina, who's up at the major league level. That's honestly too great. Drew Smith, Jason Shreve. These guys have been relatively okay, but I do take a look at Aaron Supernolan. He's got for his career an ERA that's right around 1.2 points lower at home than it is on the road for Taiwan Walker. Has yet to give up a run this season, but if you take a look at what Mr. Taiwan Walker wound up doing during the 2021 season, it was very stark in that he just did not wind up pitching the same way on the road than he did at home. At home, this guy was darn near Unhittable, doing a solid job, but on the road last year in 14 starts, 3-7 and seven record, wound up having a 5.82 ERA, giving up 14 bombs, and his walks per 9 rate was right around a 3.3, so that is something that you do need to be a little bit cautious of. Now, for Aaron Nola, it's been a little bit of a rough year in general, so I was only willing to lay up to a minus 134. We are seeing the minus 133s out there, so that is pretty much my max that I'm willing to lay it with the Philadelphia Phillies, but I am willing to lay that minus 133, and I do think that both of these guys are going to get it by relatively solid offenses. So I'm going to be taking a look at the overset by total at 8.2 and I'm going to be taking a look at the Phillies at minus 133 or better. 957, 958 on the main board. The Slam Diego Padres are going to be playing mostly Miami Marlins. Isus Lazardo is going to be going for the fish and Nick Martinez is going to be on the bump for the Padres. Total on this game is 7. Under is minus 115. The over is minus 105 and with the fishies, you're going to be finding them in between even money and plus 117. Meanwhile, if you're looking at the pods, it's anywhere between minus 120 and minus 130. With Nick Martinez, I want him sending him in as minus 137 favorite. Asu Cesardo has been pretty resurgent this year, and if you do like the Padres like I do, you probably want to wait. What I've noticed all year long is that we have been seeing just consistently like 25-cent line moves overnight on the Miami Marlins. I would not be surprised if they're a favorite when it's all said and done. I mean, that's the way that the team has been coming in on the Miami Marlins. And for Nick Martinez, was very dominant out there in the KBO. First time around in the major leagues was not necessarily so great with guards command, and he does need to keep down the walks. 12 walks in 19 and two-thirds innings thus far this season, and has given up five home runs, but... He does seem to be reining it in a little bit more after a little bit of a tough start to the season. And for Asus Cesardo, this guy's getting punch-outs. 28 strikeouts at 20 and a third innings. Last year, wound up having a north of a 5-5 ERA. He just was not able to find himself. He wound up putting a few miles per hour onto his fastball, and that seems to be working out very well. But this is also a Miami Marlins team that, after they wound up putting together, I believe it was seven straight wins, they're now on a four-game losing streak. It's been a little bit of a volatile team, and a lot of it has to do with the fact that the pitching has not necessarily been there for this team. Anthony Bender winds up giving up two runs in their loss yesterday in the ninth inning. You had to use up Tanner Scott, Lewis Head, Cole Solzer, all for 12-plus pitches. So that's a little bit of an issue, so you're going to have a little bit of a depleted bullpen for the Miami Marlins. You have been able to get a little bit more recently for the Miami Marlins out of Asus Aguiar. He's now hitting a 282 with a 380 on base. He was one of the top RBI guy in the National League last season. Garrett Cooper, Brett Anderson, both of these guys have right around a 365 on base. Jazz Shizlum has been hitting above a 300 long 
along with Brian De La Cruz, who's been a little bit banged up. You've got Chislam along with Asu Sanchez, who have a combined seven home runs. But then you do take a look at the flip side for the Slam Diego Padres. This team did wind up having a double dip yesterday, so bullpen is a little bit taxed for them as well. But, I mean, that said, you take a look at this lineup and Manny Machado, along with Eric Hosmer, both hitting above a 360 for this team. Both of these guys have been on their game. C.J. Abrams was dealing with a little bit of an injury. He's back in the fold for this team. You haven't been able to get a lot out of some of these outfield guys. Drixon Profar, you're able to throw in there. Trent Grisham, they're both hitting below the nose line of a 200, but Awesome Kim, all of a sudden, he's got a double-digit amount of RBI. He's hitting above a 250 after a disappointment last season, and even though the San Diego Padres they wind up having to utilize quite a few guys like a Craig Salmon yesterday. You take a look at game one, and Mike Clevenger was unable to go a full five, so you did have to use up to Bob Krismet. It's still a bullpen that I trust in a little bit more than that of the Miami Marlins. Both of these bullpens are going to be a little bit tired, so I did wind up setting my total at a 7.2 as a result, so I'm looking over, but I do think that Nick Martinez going to do a solid job, a little bit more of a pitcher from the ballpark. He is a little bit more of a fly ball pitcher, so I think that that's going to play into his favor, so look at Padres and looking over in this spot. 950, on the betting board. It is the St. Louis Cardinals and they're going to be in the road to face off against the San Francisco Giants. We currently have no numbers up on this game because it is a little bit TBD as to who we're going to be getting for the Giants. Right now, ESPN is showing Logan Webb who's going to be going for them and that is going to be my handicap with regards to this one. Meanwhile, Miles Michaelis is going to be going for the St. Louis Cardinals. If we get Michaelis versus Logan Webb, I want to make King the Giants a minus 163 favorite and the big reason why the last time the Giants lost a regular season game in which Logan Webb pitched in at home. You have to go all the way back to 2020. So, I mean, boy, oh boy. It has been a long time since the San Francisco Giants have lost when Logan Webb has pitched. And meanwhile, you take a look at Miles Michaelis, and he's been resurgent. Wound up having a 2020 season, which he did not wind up pitching at all. Pitched sparingly. 2021, he's come back here, and his swing and miss stuff is not too bad. 25 punch outs over the course of 29 and two-thirds innings, just four walks. He's always been solid with that regard, giving up two home runs. And for the Cardinals, it has been a team that has been playing quite a few overs recently. You take a look at the St. Louis bunch, and I believe that they have now played seven out of their last nine games to the over, as you've got Nolan Arenado doing a great job for this team. He had five RBI yesterday. Guy is hitting a 360 with seven bombs, so he certainly has been there for this team. You do have a couple guys that they need to pick it up a little bit. Corey Dickerson, Dylan Carlson, Tyler O'Neill, Paul DeYoung, all these guys rating a 205 or lower, but you did notice that O'Neill was able to get online yesterday as well. Tommy Edmond, he's got a trio of homers. He's hitting above a 300. Paul Goldschmidt, 375 on base. Even Albert Pools has been able to give you a little bit of pop in the bat, and for the St. Louis Cardinals, one of the best bullpen ERAs that you're able to find out there in the big leagues is you've got Giovanni Gallegos, Genesis Cabrera. We're doing a solid job. TJ McFarland really came on strong for the team last season. Nick Wickren has come over from Cleveland. He's been able to deliver some good innings. And you've got a San Francisco Giants bullpen that they are number one in the big leagues with regards to ERA. They were last season and this year. They're towards the top as well. Now they are dealing with a couple of injuries as Dominic Leon has been a little bit banged up along with Zach Liddell. But you still have out there John Breba has been solid. Jarlin Garcia is able to give you some good innings. And you got a guy in Logan Webb that is consistently going six plus and ever since the beginning of last season at home, has a sub-2 ERA. Jock Peterson wound up seeing a couple of bats in that series against the Dodgers, and that's big because entering into Wednesday, hitting north of a 340 with six home runs thus far this season, and limited at-bats, Wilmer Flores, has been able to get on base for you as well, and you do take a look at the San Francisco Giants team, despite the fact that it is a little bit more pitcher-friendly. This team has really been able to supply the boom at home, even during night games as well. This is a team that, at home, they've got right around a 320-ish on base. You've got a guy in Joey Bart that's hitting above a 300 at home on the road. He just hasn't been able to find himself whatsoever. So, do think that that's relatively intriguing, and I do think that as a result, we should be 
looking at the Giants being a sizable favorite. I'm willing to lay up to a minus 163 with them. And is that my total low? Because I do think that Michael Lewis is going to be able to give a good start. And Logan Webb is going to continue to be Logan Webb with a pair of good bullpens. Set my total at 6.7. So 6 half or lower looking over a 7 or higher looking under. 961-962 on the bang board. The Boston Red Sox are going to be playing against the LA Angels. Shohei Otani is going to be going for the Angels. And Rich Hill is going to be on the bump. For Boston, Boston has find themselves in between a plus 125 and a plus 130 underdog. Meanwhile, if you're taking a look at Boston, it's anywhere between minus 138 and minus 158 is your total over and under are both at minus 110. And with the Angels, set them as a minus 143 favorite. So the minus 138, minus 139 that we're seeing, I'm going to be willing to lay it. Rich Hill has become a little bit of a fade, and he is the oldest active pitcher out there in the big leagues. He is 42 years old. Has been good in short doses when... The Red Sox have been utilizing him for like four innings or so like they've done the last two times. He hasn't really given up any runs, so to his credit, he's been solid there. The walks are starting to rise a little bit more with him. Six walks and 17 innings, and for much of his career, Richville was a good swing and miss guy. Only 11 strikeouts in 17 innings this season. He is clearly aging, but for Shoei Otani, you've got to note his home and road splits from last year. Last season, wound up having a sub-2 ERA at home and on the road. That ERA wound up ballooning to right around a 5. He's got about a 420 ERA this season. has been the same on the road though, I will say, 30 strikeouts in 19 and a third innings. That is pretty stinking impressive, but what else is impressive? Well, you've been able to get out of this Angels lineup, aside from your main guys in Shoei Otani, along with Mike Trout. Shoei Otani only hitting about a 235. It's actually been a poor year for him at the plate. Now, with Mike Trout, it's been a very amazing year for him at the plate, 444 on base. He's been doing a great job of being able to slug him out, but even with Jared Walsh and Anthony Rendon both hitting below a 225, you've had Brandon Marsh be able to give you right around at 325 is Sean Bays. Tyler Wade has been able to hit 285. Taylor Ward, who wound up getting the day off yesterday, he wound up having three home runs in that Guardian series. He's hitting above a 350 for this bunch. And then you do take a look at the Boston Red Sox and still a very formidable lineup. Rafael Devers had 38 home runs last season. He's hitting right around a 300 thus far this season. J.D. Martinez hitting well above a 315 for this team. Alex Verdugo, trio of home runs. He's hitting about a 240. Now Bobby Dahlbeck, he needs to pick it up a little bit. Jackie Bradley Jr., you know that he's going to be rough, but Kike Hernandez hitting at the Mendoza line along with Trevor Story as well. That's a little bit rough. You do take a look at this Boston Red Sox bullpen. It is a little bit more depleted now that you've got Garrett Woodlock as a starter, but you've got to expect that you should be able to get a few out of some of these other guys. Erika Mora is a big one. Phillips Valdez is someone that has always been reliable for him, but he's on the injured list, so Cutter Crawford will likely see more innings in the coming days as a result. And for the Angels, you don't have a lot of trustworthy guys, but the guys that are trustworthy are terrific. Prasio Glacius, Aaron Loop, Ryan Tapera. After that, you wind up getting into the guys like Oliver Ortega and company, and you're not able to really rely upon them. But I do think that Shoei Otani going to be able to deliver a good start. I think that he's going to get it a little bit. This is a solid Boston Red Sox lineup, and Otani throughout his career has struggled a little bit on the road. That said, Rich Hill has become a little bit of a fade. So in this spot, I did wind up making my total an 8.8. I'm going to be looking at the over in the spot. And with the Angels, want to lay up to a minus 143 on the money line. Really don't want to mess around with the run line right now. I am seeing it at a plus 120. I was willing to take the run line if I wound up getting up to a plus 125. So I'm not there on the run line. I am there on the money line though. So look at money line and I'm looking over. 963, 964 on the bang board. The Cleveland Guardians are going to be playing OC Toronto Blue Jays. One Jose Barrios is going to be going for the Jays and Aaron Savali is going to be on the bump for the Guardians. Guardians find themselves anywhere between plus 130 and plus 135 underdogs. Meanwhile, if you're taking a look at the Jays, it's saying we're team minus 144 and minus 150. Seven half to eight is your total. On the eight, under is any between minus 120 minus 125. Over is any between even and plus 105. On the seven half, over is minus 120 and the under is even. And 
If we can get the Blue Jays down to more like a minus 138, I'd be willing to lay it. With the Guardians, I need at least a plus 138 on them, so I'm sort of gauging how this line is going to be moving, but with the way that the Guardians have been playing, I wouldn't be surprised if this winds up getting up to a plus 140, and that would then be my buy point on Aaron Savalu. That's been a hot mess this season, and truth be told, Aaron Savalu was doing for some negative regression after last year. He's fielding independent, and his ERA did not wind up matching up. He wound up having a 12-5 and record, despite the fact that he wound up having north of a 3 7 ERA and his fielding independent was worse, but it shouldn't be quite this bad. Typically, Savali doesn't walk as many as he has this season. Six walks given up in 14 and a third innings. Swing and miss stuff has never necessarily been there with Savali, but he typically does a good job of not necessarily putting guys on cheaply. You wound up seeing that last season when he was able to have his little bit better than expected record. His strikeout to walk rate was right around a 7.2 as a result, but he did wind up giving up 23 home runs at 124 and a third innings. He is facing off against a Blue Jays lineup that somehow, someway, they just have been struggling a lot this season, even though they're in the top five with regards to total home runs. They've just had a tough time being able to drive guys in. They've grounded into a lot of double plays this season. George Springer, along Flagger, Junior Lourdes, Gurriel, all these guys ranking above a 270, but then bottom of the lineup has been very interesting. They've been utilizing guys like Bradley Zimmer. You've got Heineman, the catcher who wound up getting his start yesterday. Matt Chapman has always been a little bit of a dead bad. Santiago Spennell, not necessarily a ton of power, but he's hitting a 253. Boba is starting to pick it up a little bit, though. That is something that is encouraging for this team, and you do take a look at this Blue Jays bullpen, and it's not going to blow you away, but at the same time, it is relatively solid. You take a look at what you've been able to get out of someone like a Julia Merriweather, and he's been good for this team. Jordan Romano is able to give you multiple innings. Emi Garcia, Adam Simber, these guys are able to come in and hold down the fort, and once he wound up getting to the Toronto Blue Jays last season, Mr. Jose Barrios wasn't necessarily great, wasn't necessarily terrible with them. He did wind up posting up a 5-4 and four record in 12 starts, 358 ERA. He always does have a little bit of an issue when it comes to sometimes giving up a little bit too much hard contact, wound up giving up a little bit over a home run per nine innings, and this is a guy that throughout his career on the road has a nearly full point higher on his ERA than he does at home, and you do take a look at the Cleveland Guardians. This is a lineup that they've got some unexpected power. Jose Dormienes has over 20 RBI thus far this season. He has been one of the best hitters out there in all of baseball. Owen Miller is still hitting right around at 355. Steven Kwan, Andre Jimenez, both of these guys are hitting above a 300 mile straw. One of the best base healers out there in baseball. He's got a 370 on base, so you've got some shifty guys. You've got a couple guys that they are able to give you a little bit of pop as well. Fran Reyes has been in an almighty funk. you got to feel like he's going to be able to bust out of that a little bit. And with Ramirez being able to give you 29 RBI, that is rock solid. But with Aaron Savali, a little bit hard to trust in him as well. I would need a little bit closer to a plus 140 to take a shot here on the Guardians. Currently seeing a plus 135. So we need a three-cent move, and I do think that we're going to be able to get it. I did wind up saying my total had an 8.2 as well. Laid out the struggles of Mr. Barrios, and you got a pair of guys that are going up against lineups that are able to hit relatively well. So I'm going to be looking over and most likely the Guardians if we could get that very, very small line move. 965-966 on the betting board. The Baltimore Orioles are going to be playing us to the Minnesota Twins. Chris Archer is going to be on for the Twins and Spencer Watkins is going to be on the bump for Baltimore. For some reason, we currently have no numbers up on this game. A little bit intriguing there, but with that said, I've got a handicap on this game. I did wind up making the Twins a minus 158 favorite, and I did wind up saying my total at a 7.9. So he said that for less, looking over 8 or higher. Going to be looking at the under, and for those looking at the run line, pretty much any plus price on the Twins, I'd be willing to take it. Even money is pretty much where I'd be out on the Minnesota Twins, so if I'm able to get plus money, I would be 
examining that. And for Chris Archer, he really didn't have much of a sample size since 2019, missing all of 2020, was injured during 2021, but he's come back. He's been mostly pitching about five innings in his three starts thus far this season. Has given up nine walks of 15 and a third innings, and that is a knock on Chris Archer. He will jack up his pitch count because he's really a strikeout or bust sort of guy. As a result, he has given up three home runs, but the good news is he's going up against the Baltimore Orioles lineup that going into Wednesday, a combined 11 home runs in 24 games. This team has been terrible up there at the plate. 215 batting average as a collective. These guys are starting to pick it up a little bit, but you've got Ode Mateo, Cedric Mullins, Ryan Moncastle, Anthony Santander all entering into Wednesday, running between a 221 and a 237, and then you've got a really bad bottom of the lineup. Anthony Benboom, Kelvin Gutierrez, Chris Owings, Runet Odor, Robinson Chirinos, only at 210 or lower. Austin the Say is kid, really the only guy that has seen meaningful at bats that is hitting above a 245 thus far, so that is a little bit of an issue. Now, I will say for the Orioles, bullpen has been a little bit better than expected. Felix Batista, I've pooped on him a little bit on this podcast. He deserves a little bit more credit than he's gotten. See, now Perez, I think that there's going to be real regression with him. Dylan Tate is someone that you do like, but still, you're relying upon still guys like Paul Fry and company that's not necessarily too great. Brian Baker, not necessarily terrific. And for the Minnesota Twins, this is a bullpen that's far from great either. Ore Alcala is currently on the injured list for this team. Giovanni Morin is someone that you probably don't want to be relying upon along Joe Smith. But with that said, you take a look at Spencer Watkins. 255 ERA thus far this season. Has given up 8 walks in 17 and a third innings. Whip of a 125. I do think that he is going to see the skyrocket a little bit. Had an 8 ERA last season. I don't think that he's going to be posting up an 8-ish ERA. But with that said, Minnesota going into what we want to see on Wednesday. 5 plus runs in 8 out of their last 11 games. So you've got a guy in Byron Buxton who's been absolutely terrific for this team. Wound up getting a little bit of a day off yesterday, but even though he's missed like seven games, he's got seven home runs this season. Carlos Correa has really picked it up in the last seven days. He's now got north of a 320 on base for this team. You've had Gilberto Sestino give you right around 350 on base. Your shell is sitting at 250. Luis Rice is sitting above a 300. Outside of Buxton, you don't necessarily have a ton of power with this team, but still, these guys have been able to get the job done, so I did wind up saying my line. Twins minus 158 on the money line, plus 104 on the run line, and made my total 7.9. So 7.5 or less looking over 8 or to the under 967-968 on the betting board. You've got the Houston Astros, and they are going to be playing us to the Detroit Tigers. Tariq Skubal is going to be going for the Tigres, and Jose Arikidi is going to be going for the Astros. Astros are finding themselves as pretty sizable favorites here. You've got them anywhere between a minus 160 and a minus 170. Meanwhile, if you're taking a look at Detroit, it's anywhere between plus 145 and plus 152. 8-8.5 is your total on the 8. Over is minus 120, and the under is even on the 8.5. Under is minus 120, and the over is even. With Tariq Skubal wanting giving up a little bit over two home runs per nine innings last season has been able to do a little bit of a better job of keeping the ball in the yard this season and going up against a guy in Jose Arikidiu. He's going to give up a little bit of hard contact, but he's not going to put you on cheaply for his career, right around two walks per nine innings. So has been razor efficient there. And for Arikidi this season, three walks in 19 and two thirds innings. So 575 ERA. Once again, he gives up contact. He has given up 25 hits in 19 and two thirds innings. And same goes for his Google. Google's right now giving up right around nine and a half to 10 hits per nine innings himself, but has been able to keep the ball in the yard, not giving up a single home run. And for Scooble, name of the game has been not walking guys for him as well. Three walks giving up in 20 and two-thirds innings. So these guys are sort of clones of each other. In terms of their statistics, though, Scooble is a little bit of our tosser and has a little bit more upside, in my opinion. But 
The key for the Detroit Tigers is just being able to find a little bit of power in general. Going into their double dip that you wound up seeing on Wednesday, 10 home runs in 21 games. To put that into a perspective, you wound up having Aaron Judge and Anthony Rizzo by themselves have nine home runs entering into Wednesday. So I spent a little bit of a hot mess. Demons Collective is sitting at 232. You do have quite a few guys that will be able to get on base for this team. In limited at-bats, Hero Castro has been able to hit well above a three. Austin Meadows, Dustin Garneau, Tucker Barnard, all these guys in between a 295 and a 305. Javi Baez has been able to 275 for you, Robbie Grossman, in that neighborhood as well. Miguel Cabrera has cooled down a little bit more recently, but it's still been solid. But you need Jameer Candelario, Akil Badu, Jonathan Scope, Spencer Torkelson, all guys hitting a buck 85 or less to be able to pick it up. Torkelson going into that double dip. He was leading the team with three home runs, but he needs to be a little bit more consistent for this team. And you do take a look at the Detroit Tigers. They are a little bit spent with regards to their bullpen. Drew Hutchinson, Will Vest, Joey Menes all wound up using up north of 20 pitches in game two of that double dip. So that is a bit of an issue. And then even in game one, Alex Lang wound up having to come out of the bullpen. Gregory Soto used 15 pitches. So, I mean, just about everyone in the Detroit Tigers bullpen wound up getting used up yesterday. And for the Houston Astros, they are dealing with a couple of bullpen ailments themselves. You are noticing that Ryan Presley is on the injured list. So that means Brian Stanek is getting more innings right now along with Blake Taylor. I do like what you're able to get out of someone like a Brian Abreu, but Parker Mushinsky, not as a too terrific end for the Houston Astros. It has been a lineup that has been a little bit up and down this season, but I feel like they've been getting a little bit more bad luck than anything else. They're still not striking out a ton. Jose Altuve is now bagging the fold for this team. He's been a little bit more resurgent here in the last couple days. Michael Brandley is hitting right around 285 for the team. Kyle Tucker has been rock solid at being able to get on base. Jordan Alvarez, he's now been able to give the team seven home runs. He's got right around a 375 on base. He's got a double-digit amount of RBI, so things are starting to get a little bit more shored up there, and I do think that you're going to be able to get a relatively solid start out of Verakiti, a guy that, for his career, right around a mid-to-high threes with regards to his ERA, but always has been a little bit more rock solid with regards to just being able to not give up free passes and against teams that don't necessarily hit him hard. He's been able to have some success, so I did wind up saying the Astros as a minus 174 favorite. If you are taking a look at the run line, you're right now noticing that as a plus 120, and I'm in on that, being able to reduce the juice a little bit. I was willing to take anything above a plus 112, as I did wind up saying my total in the spot at an 8.1. At the 8, which is the only number that is currently available to me, I would be looking over the swines up flipping to an 8.5, and then I'll consider the under, because right now we do have a juicy 8 with that over juice at minus 120, but at an 8, I'd be looking at an over 8.5, would be looking at an under, and with the Astros will take the run line as long as it's north of a plus 110 and we wrap things up with 969-970 on the betting board. We have the Seattle Mariners and they are going to be playing us to the Tampa Bay Rays. Shane McClanahan is going to be going for the Rays and Robbie Ray is going to be going for the M's. The M's, I should say. The Mariners are finding themselves anywhere between plus 110 and plus 120. Meanwhile, if you're looking at the Rays, anywhere between minus 120 and minus 130 is your price. 6.5 to 7 is your total. On the 7, under is anywhere between minus 125 and minus 130. The over is anywhere between plus 105 and plus 110. On the 6 half. Over is minus 120, and the under is even. I'm with the Seattle Mariners. Set them as a slight favorite at minus 112, so I'm going to be willing to take a shot here. Now, the problem that you do have with Robbie Ray is, even since last season, and last season, wound up winning the American League Cy Young Award, wound up giving up right around 1.5 to 1.6 home runs per nine innings, and he's given up four bombs and 30 and a third innings this season. He says had a little bit of an issue with the walks, and it seems to be manifesting itself a little bit more. 12 walks and 30 and a third innings, and the swing and miss stuff is down a little bit. Shane McClanahan, he's got no shortage of swing and miss stuff. 42 punch outs in 27 innings thus far this season, and really since August of last year, he's got a sub-3 ERA. So this guy's been lights out. He does wind up giving up a little bit of hard contact, though. He has given up four home runs over the course of 27 innings this season. And for the Tampa Bay Rays, this is a little bit of a suspect lineup. You've got a quadrant of guys that are inning above a 300. Yandy Diaz. 
Diaz, Wander Franco, Isaac Paredes. You're able to throw in there Manuel Margot. And then everyone else is like hitting at 230 or lower. It's absolutely stark what we've seen like Mike Zanino. He's got one home run this season. He's hitting a buck 35 on base percentage. It's a 180 brain low. He does have three home runs, but he's hitting a 194. Randy Arena has been unable to get on base. And with the Tampa Bay race, you know that this bullpen is going to be rock solid, but they did use up Andrew Kittrich along J.P. Fireisen yesterday, so that means that you're going to have to go to more of your ancillary guys like a Ryan Thomas. Jeffrey Springs wound up having to throw a lot in their bullpen game a couple days ago, so Jason Adam probably going to be seeing a little bit more time, and this is a Seattle Mariners team that since the beginning of the 2021 season has the best win percentage in one-run games in all baseball because they do have a good bullpen. You're able to rely upon Anthony Machevich. You've been able to get good innings out of even someone like a Drew Second Rider, Paul Sewell, Diego Casio can sometimes be a little bit miss as a closer, but with the Seattle Mariners, it is a lineup that is starting to pick it up a little bit. Now, Jesse Winker, I was expecting a little bit more out of him. He and Eugenio Suarez have been in a little bit of a funk as both of these guys hitting a 2 or 2 or lower, and then take a look at Abraham Doro, Jared Kelnick. They just have been not necessarily great for the team. Luis Torrens is now back to the fold after he bonded being a little bit banged up. Ty France has been able to give this team north of 20 RBI. He's hitting a 333, so that has been terrific. Adam Frazier needs to pick it up a little bit with being able to get on base because he doesn't necessarily have a lot of pop in the bat, but that said, it's been a Tampa Bay Rays team that has sort of been all over the place this year. It's been very intriguing to take a look at with that regard, and I do think that you wind up giving a little bit of a leg up to the Seattle Mariners, who are 7-2 at home this season. Now, I will say to the credit of the Tampa Bay Rays, are actually 6-3 and three on the road as well, so both of these teams have been good in these respective spots, and I think that's going to be a solid pitching matchup, but these six and a halfs have just went a little bit too low. I set my total at 7.2, so whether you have a six and a half or a seven, I'm looking over, and with the Mariners, made them the slight favorite with the reigning Cy Young Award winner Robbie Ray on the mound, and that will wrap things up for the Thursday edition of the Baseball Betting Show, now a part of the Beeson Family of Podcasts. A big thanks to Ryan Ross. He does a great job with the Philadelphia CityCast, powered by Bet Rivers, something that we do over here at Beeson. Always great to be able to get him aboard, and if you do like what you're hearing from this fine podcast, the Baseball Betting Show, you're able to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. If you've got a question, comment, segment, idea, whatever you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways to be able to throw those in. First one is my Twitter timeline, at and underscore D1. Keep in mind, letters CM, they mean does not matter, so as per usual, please just send these into the timeline any other ways via an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. And then from there, you're able to fire whatever you'd like here on this podcast via that five-star review. I'm coming at you guys every single day throughout the baseball season, and that means I'm coming at you once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.